Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and live from Mike Tomlin's Fantasy Football Strategy Session, it's the Fourth and Inches Show with Jenna <laughs> and the Sherpa. Jenna, uh, the mixed bag for our teams this weekend. Um, it was a tough one. Uh, first, how do you feel about the Cowboys finally uh, getting caught with all those close calls they've had recently? I mean, I, I, I felt more secure with Cooper Rush at quarterback, i got to tell you. Real <laughs> interceptions. I think, honestly, I was more bothered by having to watch Kirk Cousins come from behind again than I was about the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, how about was, you? How uh, are you? How are you? Was definitely a game for the ages. Yes, it, it certainly was. How are you feeling about your uh, Giants? Um. Better than I was a week ago. I didn't give them much of a chance against – I thought they had a better chance against the Eagles than they did against the Commanders on the road, but I was uh, sadly mistaken about that. But um, anyway, I should say gladly because, of course, now they're <laughs> in a better position to make the playoffs, but uh, we'll see. And get further away from my that Giants top five draft. Uh, Cowboys favor by guaranteeing they'd get in by beating Washington. But, uh, yeah, appreciate anyway, that. So – how did your uh, yep. teams do this weekend? Um, believe it or not, everybody's moved on. And that was with two teams starting Brock Purdy. So oh, we made it through. <laughs> I had Kirk Cousins as a quarterback on one team. And it was looking, we were talking at the end of the game, it was looking pretty bad at halftime for that team. But we really rallied. Things got better. How about you? How'd your teams fare? Uh, I only had... Um, Two that were still alive going into the weekend. One had a bye, and oh, yeah. the other one uh, lost in spite of being heavily favored. I felt like I was watching the oh. 2016 presidential election all over again. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, so the, and the, the team that's still alive has Jonathan Taylor as its uh, starting uh, back. So as you'll <laughs> get to, uh, that's not going to work so well. So we're already scrambling yeah. in the. Yeah, for the waiver wire, which is probably a good thing that I do what I do for this show. But uh, yes, anyway, definitely. it's, it's, well, it's uh, going to be a challenge to win two games with a team without Jonathan Taylor, but we'll see. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm we do have a few it. injuries, Jonathan Taylor included. Um, but Sherpa's going to get me covered. Is my quarterback. That's true. I, I, I'm a mess, but... Sherpa's got you covered on some waiver wire picks. I'm going to give you all the doom and gloom. He's going to give you some positive uh, energy and ideas. And uh, in the same vein, we're also going to talk about our, our gifts and our lumps of coal for the season because it is that time of year. And, you know, we need to reflect back as we're moving through the playoffs and into the end of the regular season here. We got you covered with who to start, who to sit, what you daily fantasy picks, of course, our game predictions. I'm sure there'll be something we disagree on. We might even give you some USFL knowledge. It's a really rounded out show for you. We're going to cover all the bases. So you can you can win every war, be it at the water cooler, your fantasy playoffs, bragging rights. We got gotcha. you. We'll be here from <laughs> from eight to nine p.m. Eastern time uh, tonight on Tuesday, a day early. But all the games are coming in day early, so it all fits. That's and then right. we'll be back on our regular regular scheduled time next week on Wednesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can, of course, find us all over social media. 
We're on Twitter at the number four THN Inches Show. We're at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. And you can email us at the number four THN Inches Show at gmail.com. And if you're joining us late, you're downloading later, you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast because just one hour a week I'm sure isn't enough. And you're all traveling this week. So we'll keep you company. Um Luckily, no one on a bye this week. Unfortunately, there are a lot of injuries. So we'll just jump, jump right into those, get what? out of the way. And then... <laughs> Can you explain to me why um, they're, all, they're playing all these games on Saturday and only two of them were late games by late afternoon? So if you don't like, want to watch not, the San Francisco Washington game or the Philadelphia Dallas game, which, of course, you do want to watch. Yeah. But if you didn't want to watch we those games, you we know what we'll be watching. But yeah, like it's not like there's not college. I don't think there's college bowl games, or at least not that many of them. So I don't know. And as good as those three games were last Saturday, that's how bad the three Christmas games look, on at least on paper. It's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, even Sammy Watkins couldn't stand to stick around any longer. He got released out of Green Bay. He's like, nope, I'm not staying for this show. I'm out of here. Yeah. Big huzzah to the schedule maker that probably thought they were doing the world a favor by uh, featuring featuring, uh, Russell Wilson against Matthew Stafford on Christmas Day. Yeah, I I heard that the Rams are literally trying to get their season ticket holders to donate their tickets to charity so that people will show up for the game. Not great. Not how they drew this up. And then we might get the riveting matchup of 40-plus-year-old Tom Brady versus Trace McSorley to wrap out the evening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not good. Um, but hopefully, we'll get Trace some McSorley might be a, a third of Tom Brady's age. Yeah, yeah, maybe some chance to win. Spoiler alert: He might win this game. Um, we did see. I, maybe we'll see some history this week. We did see a, a historic loss or win, depending how you're looking at it. Matt Ryan managed to now be the the record holder of the biggest Super Bowl and regular season uh, losses of all time. The Patriots somehow lost on a multilateral play again. Like, it just, there was a lot of weird last week. What surprised you the most out of all this? Um, probably the Vikings come back. I mean, the the individual plays, you're right. The the I mean, you're never going to see anything stranger than the end to the Patriots, you know, um, no. Raiders game. That, that was probably the single most bizarre play that you're going to see. And maybe the second strangest play I've seen this season behind the other one, which also involved the <laughs> Patriots, which was that 85-yard punt return against the Jets with five seconds left oh, in the man. game Yeah, um, back in November. But uh, anyway, the, for for last weekend, that would probably be my choice is that one. That one, uh, oh, Ryan, Ryan Clark made a good point this week that with 87 defensive coordinators, why has no one taught Mac Jones how to tackle? Clearly they're not teaching him how to play offense, so like the man should know how to tackle somebody. This could have been avoided, I'm just saying. Well, it could have been avoided if Ramondra Stevenson and sat on the ball wasn't instead good. of trying to make something out of nothing. And I, I mean, it was it was tough. Things were tough all over. You did get the gift of the referees clearly being on your side this week. The Washington fans are still upset, which I guess Washington just happy people are talking about Dan Snyder. Yes, they should be. That was rough. 
It was, yeah. It was I mean, even as a Giants fan, that was pretty blatant. <clears throat> yeah, that was that was pretty rough. But let's see, let's see what we got going this week. As I alluded to, we'll start with the injuries and the Cardinals. Uh, Colt McCoy is still in the concussion protocol. He got knocked out of the game uh, last week. The fact that they signed James Morgan today of the USFL Pittsburgh Maulers to the practice squad doesn't instill a lot of confidence that it looks like Colt McCoy is going to be active this week. Literally signing defunct USFL quarterbacks to play for your team, not usually a good indicator. <clears throat> so probably pretty McCorley – it's true. Although he might be available. It looks like Trace McSorley might be your starting quarterback this year or this week, maybe this year. Colt McCoy, uh, keep Probably an eye on that. Guy. Yeah, yeah. One Trade one for another. Um, in slightly better quarterback news, if you are a dynasty team and you have Kyler Murray, they're saying he suffered a quote-unquote clean ACL tear so that – he had a, a nice and easy surgery, uh, and it looks like he's going to be ready to go for the beginning of the season. Seems a little aggressive to me, but we'll see how it goes. So all is not lost in Arizona. They just don't have any quarterbacks this week. <laughs> They're dealing with a, a lot of injuries to their secondary also, and I don't know if you heard, but Tom Brady's coming to town. So we'll see how that all plays out. In Atlanta, um, Running back Caleb Huntley uh, injured his Achilles. He is officially on IR and done for the season. So hopefully you didn't need Caleb Huntley. Hopefully it's not who you're trying to replace Jonathan Taylor with. Uh, but things are just not my dynasty team as is Jonathan Taylor, but that team's already been sidelined. Oh, so no, you're right. The injury, I'm not. The injury bug is, is coming quick. And then this afternoon in Baltimore, Devin Duvernay managed to start practice healthy and end practice on injured reserve. He suffered a foot injury today at practice. He is now officially done for the year. They're calling it a sprained foot. It sounds like it's a pretty bad sprain. Uh, they did also claim wide receiver Sammy Watkins, Watkins probably stepped on him. Yeah. <laughs> he might have. Either him or Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun, uh, Jackson did. Right. They're both like, One let, the me, let me get my primetime moment here. Um, yeah. But they did claim Sammy Watkins earlier this afternoon, pre-Devin Duvernay's injury. So, Sammy Watkins might be getting some, some looks here this week. We're not entirely sure who's going to be throwing him the football, though. Lamar Jackson did not practice today. That's officially six in a row that we have not seen him, and he's missed the last two games. Dealing with that sprained knee, uh, so keep an eye on it. They're not rolling him out yet. Tyler Huntley probably is going to be your quarterback this week, but they're going to take this right on down to game time. Also worth noting that they are uh, likely going to be without Calais Campbell this week. He suffered a knee injury last week against the Browns. Looks like he's going to miss at least this week, maybe more going forward. And they may be without uh, Marcus Peters as well. So that defense that's been carrying them and kind of still needs to carry them is going to be down a couple of big names. Also, J.K. Dobbins wasn't at practice today. They're not specifying an injury or anything yet. He just wasn't during the media session available, so we'll see what's going on with him. Out in Buffalo, I don't know if you've heard, but they're going to Chicago this week, and there could be more than a foot of snow, and it's going to feel like like below zero. Uh, so it might not be a real offensive-heavy week this week for the Bills. It's generally not for the Bears, but Josh Allen's not practicing today. Uh, they're saying – well, he, it was limited. They're saying it's because of the elbow injury, which is – going to be a forever thing. It's cold and they don't need to get, have him take any more hits than he needs to. 
they're down a couple of offensive linemen. Keep an eye on that. Dealing with defensive injuries, that's always an issue. Um, but their center, Mitch Morse, is not going to be uh, playing this week. It looks like he was left the game last week with a concussion. So far, not out of concussion protocol. So another thing to keep an eye on as you're setting your fantasy lineups. Out in Carolina, they got some good news. Wide receiver Andre Roberts was designated to return from IR today. He is potentially going to play against Detroit. Hopefully, again, not somebody you need to win a fantasy uh, game this week, but maybe you need someone to stash down the road. So keep him in mind. In Chicago, wide receiver Chase Claypool was limited today with a knee injury. Quinninius St. Brown was also uh, not practicing today. He's dealing with a concussion. We saw him get knocked out of the game on Sunday. So he is still in the protocol. Guard Cody Whitehair, which normally I'm not that concerned about, but right now I am because Justin Fields is already living on the edge, and it's going to be snowing. You really need some offensive linemen. He suffered what they're calling a significant knee injury. They have not officially ruled him out, but it looks like he's not going to play. In slightly better news, running back uh, Khalil Herbert got activated off IR today, so he is potentially available for the game this week as well. The Bengals are dealing with a few injuries. Go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say something that just a little bit of a slow response here, but something that just popped into my head is uh, a cool moment (laughs) from the games this past weekend. uh, And you reminded me of it when you mentioned uh, Equinamius St. Brown and that time or the season when he and Amon Ross St. Brown scored touchdowns. Oh, I love that. Same day. And I thought that was really cool the other day too, that, um, Dalvin Cook and uh, James Cook both uh, oh, that was scored uh, touchdowns on the same day. There's something like 13 but. sets of brothers in the NFL right now. It's it's really crazy. Statistically, that's impossible, but here we are. It is cool seeing that stuff happen. But yeah. also, I don't know if you've heard, but the, the St. Brown's dad was Mr. Universe. They only tell us about 18 times broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the Bengals do not have any St. Brown wide receivers on their team, and they could certainly use it this week. T. Higgins was limited well, to practice were, today. If he were a football player, at least his <laughs> name would probably fit on the back of his uniform. That's true. Yeah, that would help. Would help. <laughs> uh, T. Higgins is limited today with a hamstring injury. He's going to be questionable, but they think he's going to play this weekend. Uh, tight end Hayden Hurst, who's been dealing with a calf injury, was limited today. They are hoping he's on track to play, but that's going to go down to the wire. Also, they're going to be without defensive end Sam Hubbard. He's dealing with a calf injury, which is going to be a real theme going forward here. Unfortunately, it seems everyone and their mom strained their calf this week, and it's shutting them down for the season. The Bengals' defense is a little banged up, but I think they, uh, they'll be able to handle themselves okay this week. Out in Cleveland, Tight end David Njoku, who has been pretty banged up the last couple of weeks. We haven't seen him out there. He's still dealing with a knee injury. He was limited today at practice, which is a good sign. Um, the most noticeable, notable thing he's been talking to the media about is that he plans to still warm up shirtless as usual, even though it's going to be 10 degrees out. So clearly he's not that worried about the knee injury, so I'm not going to be either. I might be more worried about hypothermia. Um Miles Garrett didn't practice today. He's sick. Should be fine for the weekend. Jadavion Clowney, however, in the concussion protocol, he got knocked out of Saturday's game. Uh, as of now, not practicing. Keep an eye on that. Nick Chubb didn't practice today either. He's dealing with a foot injury. He's, quote, hoping to play. I would like to feel a little stronger about that, but it's Tuesday and we're hoping to play. So 
just keep an eye on him. And other than that, they're they're fairly healthy. The Cowboys, uh, I don't know if you heard, they lost the Jaguars. <laughs> also lost linebacker Leighton Vanderash. Uh, he got knocked out of the game. They're calling it a shoulder injury. It's really a pinched nerve in his neck going down his arm. Uh, supposedly not related to previous neck surgeries or injuries, but he is not going to play this week against the Eagles. I'd be shocked if we see him next week as well. Out in Denver, Russell Wilson is going to be your starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. He's out of concussion protocol, and they seem to still think he gives them the best chance to win. He might not have anyone to throw the football to. Cortland Sutton is potentially going to be available with the hamstring injury. No one sounds all that confident about it. I don't feel like great about it either. They're also dealing with some injuries to their secondary. The defense is going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting, and clearly they're starting to feel the weight of that. Out in Detroit, uh, they've got a couple of, of defensive players questionable, but for the most part, very healthy. The Fighting Motor City, Dan Campbell, lived to ride another day. The Packers are still dealing with the ever-present uh, issues with David Bakhtiari, their lineman. He is questionable. He'll probably play. It doesn't seem to last the whole game. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a lot more to deal with uh, if he's not out there. He's going to have a whole other set of issues with Miami, I think, but we'll get to that in a minute. The Texans are still unsure who's going to play wide receiver other than Chris Moore this week. Nico Collins is not practicing. Still dealing with the foot injury. Brandon Cooks was limited to practice today with the calf strain. He was limited all last week and then didn't play, so I'm not sure if we should feel encouraged by this or not. We'll see what happens. Again, have a plan B. Also have a plan B for one Jonathan Taylor. As the Sherpa alluded to, he is not going to be on your roster the rest of the year. He officially has a sprained ankle. The Colts put him on IR today, officially ending his season. The fact that they are not playing for anything and realistically no need to damage him. I get it, but from a fantasy perspective, it does suck. In Jacksonville, quarterback Trevor Lawrence didn't practice today uh, with a toe injury. He is going to play. They're playing Thursday night against the Jets. Uh, they're also dealing with a couple of offensive linemen who may be banged up, which might not be the best matchup against the Jets defense, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. The Chiefs said that running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not quite ready to be activated off IR yet, even though he's eligible this week. He's been dealing with that high ankle sprain. They said he's close, but he's not quite there yet, according to Andy Reid. Also, Michael Hardman, who was on IR with abdominal injury, has a pretty good chance to play this week. So they are getting a little bit healthier out in Kansas City. That's always a plus come playoff time for our fantasy leagues. In Las Vegas, uh, running back Samir White is not practicing. He's dealing with an ankle injury. It looks like he's pretty questionable going into the weekend. Again, I hope you're not in a place where you're trying to start Samir White. Even my teams aren't that bad off, honestly, right now. And out in Los Angeles, the Chargers are dealing with a whole mess load of defensive injuries, and Joey Bosa still unlikely to return off IR this week, but they haven't officially ruled it out. just doesn't look good. He's dealing with that groin injury the last few weeks. The Rams also dealing with several injuries. Uh, they did not have Aaron Donald last week. He's still not medically cleared, they're saying, with an ankle injury. Again, they haven't officially ruled him out. It is only Tuesday, but something to keep an eye on. It doesn't look like he's on track to play as of now. Uh, so if you're, you're deciding what defense you want to play or how many points someone's scoring, factor that in. It looks like uh, John Wolford is still not going to be a factor at quarterback. It's going to be the Baker Mayfield show. Wolford's still dealing with that neck injury. 
Matt Stafford came out today and said he has no plans to retire, so he will be back as a Rams quarterback next season as of now. And wide receiver Ben Skoranek is officially done for the year with a calf strain. He and Brian Allen both suffered calf strains that are going to shut him down for the season. Uh, so you're going to lose out your center, one of your more productive wide receivers. Things are not going in the right direction for the Rams. One of Sherpa's many top five draft picks who is legendary after you have a top five draft pick. <laughs> Well, they Miami. don't have a draft pick. <laughs> well, they have they have the Lions draft pick, so they technically are in the top five now, I guess. Actually, I think the Lions have the their Lions, draft No, the Lions pick, have theirs. You're right. The Lions have theirs. You're right. Oh, aced out of it again. But the Lions, the Rangers, the Rangers. The Dolphins may be out uh, without running back Jeff Wilson Jr. He's dealing with a hip injury. Uh, he's questionable now. Keep an eye on whether or not he actually practices before the end of the week. Uh, other than that, I think they're just happy to be home in the warmth and out of Buffalo where it was zero degrees. In Minnesota, I mean, other than, than Kirk Cousins running around and scoring 30, 38 points and a half, what more could you want? But you're also tight end R. Smith Jr. back before the end of the season. He's been out on IR with an ankle injury. He's allegedly, according to Kevin O'Connell, getting very close to our return. So if you have a stash on your bench, like maybe I do want an IR spot, that might be something that will help you down the line. In New England, uh, wide receiver Devontae Parker still in the concussion protocol and not practicing. Doesn't look great as of now for him this week. Running back Damian Harris, also questionable. He was limited today with a thigh injury at practice. So they've they've got some things to overcome. But we'll see how that goes. In New Orleans, tight end Adam Troutman is questionable. He was limited today. He's dealing with an ankle injury. Wide receiver Chris Olave did not practice today. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. I'm a lot more worried about that than I am Adam Troutman, who seems like he's going to play. Chris Olave, keep an eye on, though. Sherpa's Giants may be without tight end Nick Ivanek, who is limited with a shoulder injury, also likely going to be without cornerback Adoree Jackson as of now. He's not practicing with a knee injury. Keep an eye on that, as well as Kayvon Thibodeau, who's dealing with an elbow injury. They said he suffered last week. He was limited to practice today. I would be surprised if he did not play, though, this week. But something to keep an eye on. In New York, the Jets dealing with a few injuries. Mike White officially already ruled out for Thursday night's game. Doctors still won't clear him. He has fractured ribs, and I guess they're they're afraid he's going to actually die if he gets hit again. Um, if you're Joe Flacco, you got to feel, be feeling pretty bad that they would rather let a man die on the field than let you play quarterback. But Zach Wilson will be your starter this week. He might have some issues at wide receiver. Denzel Mims is in the concussion protocol still. He is not practicing. Ray Davis, however, was a full participant at practice today, so it looks like he's going to be out of the concussion protocol tomorrow. So there, there's some ups and downs there. A lot of concussions, though, unfortunately. I don't know if you've heard, but quarterback Jalen Hurts, brain shoulder. He's essentially dealing with a right shoulder sprain. They have not ruled him out for this week uh, at Dallas. I'd be very surprised if you played. I think you're likely getting Gardner Minshew there, but it's going to technically go down to game time more than likely. Out in Pittsburgh, quarterback Kenny Pickett was a full participant today. Coming out of the concussion protocol, it looks like he's on track to start this week. Najee Harris, the running back, was limited with a hip injury. I wouldn't worry too much about that. It looks like he's on track to play as well. 
Deontay Johnson was limited with a toe injury. Again, more of a maintenance thing than anything else. But also keep an eye on Miles Jack was limited today at practice. Their defense might might need a little a little help coming into this week. So keep an eye on them. The 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey was limited. He's dealing with the ever-present knee injury. It's Tuesday and Wednesday of the week. He generally doesn't practice a whole lot those days, so don't worry about that. Quarterback Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant, who's now Mr. Relevant, is still dealing with oblique and rib injuries. He was limited. He is still going to start this week. And we are going to be without wide receiver Debo Samuel again, and probably next week as well with that ankle sprain. In Seattle, wide receiver Tyler Lockett, broke his index finger. He had surgery yesterday, and he's going to be out this week, but they think he might play next week against the Jets. So good on him for being a fast healer. I know. (laughs) Kenneth Walker III, however, not such a fast healer. He did not practice with an ankle injury. So we're not entirely sure who's going to be the, the number one, really on paper, running back out of this committee this week. So keep an eye on that in Seattle. The Buccaneers look like they're going to get tackled. Tristan Wirth back this week. He's been dealing with a high ankle sprain, but as of now, is on track to play this week, which would mean Tom Brady's life is going to get a whole heck of a lot easier. Defensive tackle Vita Zaya, however, a lot more questionable. He didn't play last week with a calf strain. Julio Jones also missed last week's game with a knee injury. He's not practicing now. Still pretty questionable going into the weekend. And uh, safety Antoine Winfield Jr. is day-to-day with an ankle injury. He was limited at practice as well. So uh, a few veterans not practicing as much, but I'd, I'd worry a lot more about Vita Vea than anybody else here. In Tennessee, wide receiver Traylon Burks has been out the last two weeks with a concussion. They are hoping he's going to play this week. He's on track to as of now, but still officially in the protocol. We saw Ryan Tannehill get carted off with an ankle injury and then come back a few plays later, and he's going to be the starter the rest of the season as long as he, he, I guess, wants to go out there. Mike Vrabel says it's his job as long as he's healthy enough to play. Clearly, he's not worried about only having one leg, so good for him. Wide receiver C.J. Board has been placed on IR with a rib injury, as has running back Dontrell Hilliard, who suffered a neck injury two weeks ago. It's not going to get better before the end of the season. The commanders, despite the fact that Carson Wentz is active off IR, are going to stick with Taylor Heineke at least through this week. I don't know why we'd, we'd even consider that, but officially Taylor Heineke is still your starter this week, and there is a chance, I feel like I've been saying this all season, that Chase Young is going to play this weekend. Still not sure, so keep an eye on that as the season as the week goes on. And I, I sure hope there's somebody left on the waiver wire. Is there anyone left for a Sherpa that's not James Morgan of the the Pittsburgh Maulers? You know, there's the Cardinals. There are a few guys, but unfortunately, some of the guys that I you know think are you know worth considering also have pretty lovely matchups. This week, yeah. and of course, at this point in the season, you know the matchups are everything. You can't think ahead and say, "Well, it's okay if he has a bad matchup this week." You know, a good week matchup two weeks from now. You know, you might not be around to play in next week if you don't um, pick the right guy this week. So, um, I'm a little bit leery. So that's that's one quick comment. Another quick comment, and maybe we'll touch more on this when we get to the game picks. But this time of year. Yeah, I know they're football players. I know they're all tough guys. But, you know, I think we saw last weekend that weather really can affect people's performances, yeah. you know, not in a good way, you know, other than the mm-hmm. Miami 
Buffalo game. I think most of the other cold weather games, it's pretty um, pretty it's clear that the cold weather did really affect a number of the teams and a number of the players that we rely on. And just taking a quick look at the schedule this week of the 16 games, to me, I count eight that are going to be played in pretty uh, you know, cold weather conditions. So there's definitely some guys that I would think long and hard about. You might want to pick up a you know, a third-tier guy that is playing in warm weather and has a good matchup rather than a second-tier guy with a middling matchup playing in uh, cold weather. But that's that's just my, my two cents. No, I'm, I'm definitely with you. I'm terrified of what's going to happen in that Bills-Bears game. A lot of snow and a lot of cold. Okay. Um, but we do have to start somebody in our fantasy lineups. So just, we do, uh, yes. A few names to touch on. Running back is probably the hardest one to find decent replacements. I mean, you know, just based on last week's um, you know, performances, you, know, you would say, well, Jack Moss and uh, Tyler Algier are probably the two guys you want to pick up this week, but I don't like either of their matchups this week. So, you know, again, buyer beware on those guys. Uh, same thing, Royce Freeman, Deion Jackson, uh, Chuba Hubbard, Jordan Marlon Mack. Again, I, I think I have enough depth on my particular team to stand running back, but I'm not going to have to dip down into the pool to go back and guys up start in the league semifinal game. But, you know, if you do need someone, I don't know, you know, maybe Chuba Hubbard's the best of the lot, but uh, it's it's pretty fun running back. Especially if you, you know, get down to the um, the flex position, you I think might even be better off mm-hmm. starting a, even a tight end, you know, much less a wide receiver um, at flex this week over some of these running back options that are out there. Yeah, I agree with you. And I agree, I think Chuba Hubbard's probably the best of a lot. Okay, um, wide receiver, um, maybe things a little bit you know, better, but um, not much. Uh, Jahan Dotson would be at the top of my list, but again, mm-hmm. not crazy about the matchup against San Francisco's defense this week. Uh, K.J. Osborne, you know, hard to say whether that uh, game he had where you know, Kirk Cousins was feeding him was a sign of things to come or more. Just the fact that, hey, when you're down 33 points at halftime, you are going to have to throw more than you usually would. Yeah. So yeah. I would tend to <laughs> get the happens. latter rather than the <laughs> former, but we'll see. Um, Russell Gage uh, showed some signs of life for Tom Brady last week, you know, catching a couple touchdown passes. But again, you know, that's highly dependent on the touchdowns. And you know, I would think my, either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin are more likely in your average week to score a touchdown than Russell Gage. Uh, Marquise Goodwin may get some um, more opportunities this week with, um, with Tyler Lockett out and going against Kansas City. You figure there's a chance that they could be down by several scores uh, pretty early in the game. So he might get some, you know, catch-up opportunities there. Uh, Romeo Dubs with the Packers, uh, same deal. Uh, Noah Brown with your Cowboys. Chris Moore, don't love the matchup. And Elijah Moore with the Jets, uh, maybe a slightly better matchup and some injuries uh, ahead of him that might give him a chance. 
Yeah, it's it's tough out there. It certainly is. Okay, uh, quarterback-wise, uh, Brock Purdy and Zach Wilson, I think, are the two guys that have the best matchups this week. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I hesitate a little bit just because I'm not entirely convinced that Jalen Hurts is not going to play. I think they may, you know, you're probably right. They probably won't, but I could also see them having the mindset, hey, if we win this game, then we can rest him until, you know, late January, then give him, you know, three or four weeks to get his shoulder Right, and, you know, that one throw he made to A.J. Brown after he, you know, sprained his shoulder. He sprained his shoulder, and they sold, like, a 63-yard pass. Yeah, I I don't know if he was just doing that on adrenaline and was in tremendous pain afterwards or whether he just, you know, who knows. But uh, anyway, um, we'll see. So that's why I'm a little reluctant to put Gardner Minshew as high up on the list as I would Brock Purdy or Zach Wilson. Uh, Trace McSorley, only if you're really desperate. Uh, Davis Mills, Russell Wilson, better performances last week, but again, don't like the matchups this week, which, you know, again, matchups are everything this time of year. So, you know, Brock Purdy and Zach Wilson to me are pretty much options one and one A if you need to scoop a quarterback off the waiver wire to stream them in the semifinal game this week. Yeah, I see, I. I was saying even before, because as, as anyone listening to the show knows, we live in, both you and I both live in the greater Philadelphia area and deal with a lot of Eagles fans. I happen to be related to quite a few of them. I was thinking that maybe they might sit Jalen Hurts before he even got hurt. Just why bother exposing him to the Cowboys when you're probably going to play him week, in their first playoff game? Maybe sit him, not let them him have any, you know, negative reinforcement or, or issues and, not let the Cowboys get a chance at him before you get there. So I kind of just think they might, just from a strategic point, not play him. Because I think they can – I mean, granted, I am a bit of a, a Gardner Minshew apologist, as anyone who's listened to the show for any length of time realizes. So maybe I'm just a little higher on Gardner Minshew, but I think he could, he could in theory, beat this Cowboys team as much as I don't want that to be the case. I don't know. Yeah, I, I could see that happening, but – Again, if I were trying to rank the guys for fantasy matchups yeah. this weekend, I, I don't think he would be my top choice just because there's a lot of rust. You don't want to put there. all your hopes and prayers on Gardner Minshew? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Sorry. Uh, tight end-wise, tight end-wise, not. It's pretty slim pickings there, too, maybe even more yeah. so than uh, – at running back, uh, the one guy still touting week after week, Chigozi and McConquo, um, not just because I finally learned to pronounce his name correctly, but just because he is really delivering the goods for fantasy teams. I probably will be starting him on that uh, Jonathan Taylor list team this weekend and hoping yeah. for the best. Uh, some other options, if um, he's not there, Noah Font, excuse me, Noah Fant, uh, Juwan Johnson, and Jordan Aikens, although I don't like any of their matchups, but hey, if you've got to hold the fill, you've got to hold the fill. Maybe Juwan Johnson will catch two more touchdowns this week. Who knows? Didn't see that coming uh, I would bet against that. I think I that's only that. slightly less likely than uh, <laughs> um, uh, I think that's only slightly less likely than uh, Taysom Hill scoring four touchdowns in the game again. Real. Real. Mm. Tough to pick a tight end in your world. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, defenses, if you're looking for some to stream this weekend, uh, Denver, like the matchup at home, I mean, on the road against the Rams, uh, Tennessee home against Houston. I also like the opposite side of the Rams-Denver matchup, you know, Rams against Denver, and uh, the Chargers against um, at Indianapolis. Who knows how Indianapolis is going to respond to that game last weekend, but, you know, it has to yeah. be pretty demoralizing, and they probably realize that their interim coach is not going to be their head coach next season after that fiasco. But he Maybe was the first guy have... named Saturday to coach on a Saturday in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's got a, and he's not even coaching on a Saturday this week. But no, um, no. and then uh, yeah, and with Jonathan Taylor being shut down, I, I can't imagine. Who knows? I mean, those guys obviously all play for pride and you know want to win their jobs back mm-hmm. for next season. But uh, I, I have to imagine that the Chargers, um, who are somehow you know eight and six, uh, have a lot more uh, to play for at this point than than the um, Colts do, and usually that uh, plays out in the outcomes at this time of season. I agree. It, it matters this time of year. It's something you got to factor in when making your decision. Okay. Shall we uh, get to some uh, player ups and downs, some yeah. tops and avoids? All right. Let's do uh, it. Who do you? Um, I'll start us off at running back. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is yeah. – uh, number one on my list this week, um, starting to think maybe I would have been better off taking him with the first pick in a draft rather than Jonathan Taylor this year, but can't go well, back and redo that. the Panthers when the year started. That was a different animal. <laughs> yeah, that's true, and there was no thinking he was going to be healthy all season either, given his past no. injury history. But uh, anyway, so Christian McCaffrey won, Derek Henry two, Austin Eckler three, Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon Donovan Knight, Raheem Mostert, Miles Sanders, who was a big goose egg uh, last weekend, Leonard Fournette and Tony Pollard, honorable mentions, Isaiah Pacheco, Ezekiel Elliott, Devin Singletary, DeAndre Swift, and Rashad White. Okay, we've got some overlap. I also have Christian McCaffrey at the top of my list. And like you said, we've we've been blessed with him being healthy most of the year. That might be something we need to put on our, our things that were our gifts for the season. Uh, I have Derrick Henry at two, even though the Texans really put up a, a hell of a fight last week. I think they're still going to get a, give up a lot Not of rough yards here this week. Uh, <laughs> Dalvin Cooks at three, Austin Eckler, and then James Conner rounding out my top five. Again, a product of not really having a quarterback there. You hope they're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, Saquon Barkley checking in at six, Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, as long as he plays, which it looks like he's going to, and Zonovan Knight. Checking in at number 10, having a big game this week. Yeah, who would have thought uh, we'd both be uh, having Zonovan Knight in our Not top 10 list for a playoff weekend uh, <laughs> a month ago. But uh, here we are. Um, running backs I'm looking to avoid this week, uh, Josh Jacobs, Ramondra <laughs> Stevenson, Alvin Kamara, Brian Robinson, David Montgomery, Cordero Patterson, Kenneth Walker, III, Latavius Murray, Tyler Algier, and Zach Moss. And dishonorable uh, mentions to Deion Jackson and Royce Freeman. Dishonorable mentions not where you want to be. Uh, I've got Ken no. Akers at the top of my avoid list. Michael Carter checking in there as well. Obviously, we both think Knight can be a much bigger part of that picture. Tyler Algier, Deion Jackson, Kareem Hunt, 
Jalen Warren, uh, Damian Harris, again, not totally healthy. I also don't love that matchup. Samaj P. Ryan, Joshua Kelly, and Gus Edwards. Okay, uh, wide receivers, who do you like this week? Uh, it's hard not to like Justin Jefferson an awful lot. I know your Giants are looking better, but Justin Jefferson is just a freak of nature. And no matter if triple covered or not, he's going to put up fantasy points. So he's at the top of my list. Tyreek Hill is a close second. Uh, Jamar Chase at three, Devontae Adams, and Stefan Diggs down at five. Granted, that is a product of the weather. If they were playing this in a dome, he'd be a lot higher. Um, at six, I've got A.J. Brown in Philadelphia, Amon Ross St. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Keenan Allen, and DeAndre Hopkins rounding out the top ten. Okay, we have some overlap there. I've got Tyreek Hill at the top of my list, Jamar Chase. Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Amon Ross St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, Garrett Wilson, and Juju Smith-Schuster rounding out my top ten. Honorable mentions for uh, Mike Williams, Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Waddell, um, Chris Godwin, and Traylon Burks. I thought it was funny. I don't know if you watched a whole lot of the, the Dolphins game last week, but Mark Sanchez just insisted on only referring to Tyreek Hill and Halen Waddle as the cheetah and the penguin all game long. And I just kept thinking, for someone who's not like a, a pretty avid football fan, they must have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it is Mark Sanchez. So you can't always know what he's talking about to begin with, but that had to be really confusing for a lot of people. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Uh, Cortland Sutton at the top of my avoid list. I don't care how healthy or not healthy he is. I don't like anything about this matchup or really Russell Wilson throwing to him. Gabe Davis checking in as well. Again, the weather is not good. Traylon Burks looks like he's coming out of a concussion, but it's it's not going to be his week. Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks, again, injury issues, maybe not the world's best matchup. DJ Chark, Isaiah McKenzie, Matt Collins, who I feel like dropped 10 footballs last week. Ricky Games out in New York and Joshua Palmer. All right. Uh, Devontae Adams actually at the top of my avoid list for this week. CK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman. Um, some of that is weather related. Um, yeah. Chris Olave, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks, Drake London, Paris Campbell, and Jerry Judy rounding out my tend to avoid and dishonorable mentions to Nico Collins, Chase Colepool, and Alec Pierce. It does seem like maybe we see uh, some of the same games being low-scoring this week. <laughs> How about quarterbacks? Who are you liking this week? Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is at the top of my list. Um, Patrick Mahomes, not too far behind. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, actually in my top ten. Uh, Tom Brady, okay. Daniel Jones, and Ryan Tannehill running out my top ten and Honorable mentions to uh, Zach Wilson and whoever the Eagles start, most likely Gardner Minshew. The Gardner Minshew experience. Also, I think he's still selling his Airstream, if anyone's interested. Uh, <laughs> I have Patrick Mahomes at the top of my list this week. At two, I have Lamar Jackson or Tyler Hunley, either one. It's fine. I love the matchup. I think it'll be fine either way. At three, again, either Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew. I think either one of them will have a big game. Just Jalen Hurts will probably get more yards on the ground. Gardner Minshew is going to do it more through the year. But either way, he'll get some fantasy points. Tua at four, or I guess technically like 
six at this point, but close enough. Uh, Josh Allen rounding out the top five. Again, weather, the only reason I bumped him that far down. Justin Fields, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Daniel Jones, and Geno Smith rounding out the top ten. Okay. Um, looking for quarterbacks to avoid, just like I thought to avoid <laughs> Kenny or Flatulent Cap that's just left, but uh, the prime <laughs> is, but uh, Justin Fields at the top of my list, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Mac Jones, Geno Smith, Taylor Heineke, Davis Mills, Andy Dalton, Matt Ryan, and Desmond Ritter rounding out my 10 to avoid. Yeah, we've got a lot of overlap there. Uh, Zach Wilson, Derek Carr, Kenny Pickett. Kenny didn't make your list. <clears throat> Kenny's on my list. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson, Andy Dalton, Davis Mills, Mac Jones, Desmond Ritter, Tom Brady. Stay away from all of them. Let's start Garden Minshew. That's my message. <laughs> Let me see. Stay away from Tom Brady, start Gardner Minshew, okay? That's it. Here we are, people. This is, this is what we've come to. Well, <laughs> if you like the matchups better, all the more reason to do that. I mean, I hey, do. nobody's going to give you credit for starting you know, Tom Brady over Gardner Minshew if Gardner Minshew ends up no. having a, a better game and makes the difference between you winning and losing your uh, fantasy uh semi-final matchup. I'm just saying. I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> could happen. It could happen. Uh, <laughs> how about a tight end? What could happen there? Something that's a little more certain, I think, in this world is Travis Kelsey at the top of the tight end list. Uh, I mean, the matchup is right. He's going to score a ton of points. Just do it. Mark Andrews, a very close second. TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Evan Ingram, rounding out my top five. Dalton Schultz checking in at six. Pat Fryer-Moose. Dallas Goddard, who was officially activated off IR today, is going to play uh, against the Cowboys this week. Darren Waller, who also made his return last week. And Gerald Everett rounding out the top ten. Maybe like the second time all season long he's been in there. Okay. Um, Travis Kelsey also at the top of my list. Uh, yeah. He's been a rock for Kansas City for years, and I definitely take him for granted. Um, George Kittle. <laughs> Dawson See what Knox, you did there. <laughs> Chigozi McConquo, Dalton Schultz, Gerald Everett, Dallas Goddard, Daniel Bellinger, Tyler Conklin, and Hayden Hurst if he's healthy enough to play, and Brock Wright mm-hmm. with an honorable mention. There you go. Um, I have Jawan Johnson at the top of my avoid list. Also checking in as Taysom Hill, so as we talked about before. I don't think they're going to have the world's best games and probably not multi-touchdown games. Also, Greg Dolchich, Daniel Bellinger, Tyler Conklin, not Ty Conklin, the former Penguins goalie, Tyler Higby, Trey McBride, Hayden Hurst, Robert Tanyan, Austin Hooper. There's a lot of of veteran guys making the avoid list this week. I've got uh, Darren Waller at the top of my avoid list, Cole Komet, Hunter Henry, Morgan Thomas, Greg Dolchich, no offense, Johnny Smith, Jordan Lakins, Juwan Johnson, and Kylan Branson rounding out my 10 to avoid. Sorry, Juwan Johnson. I feel like we really, like, kind of hated on him a little bit today. Great tight end, just not for fantasy. <laughs> Last week was uh, the peak. Specifically we not this week, which is what we care about at this point. Exactly. Yeah. How about what have you done for me lately? 
Yes. Right. Uh, defenses, um, Ravens, 49ers, and Chargers are the three in my top tier this week. Uh, next tier is pretty crowded, Buffalo, Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and the Rams. Just throw all those names in a hat and pick one out, and you'll probably be just fine. <laughs> Um, I I agree with a lot of them. The 49ers and Ravens are up there. I also the Broncos defense I think is going to have a pretty good week. The Titans, Buccaneers, uh, Lions, Bengals, Rams, Browns, and Bills rounding up my top ten. All right. Um, my defenses to avoid list uh, slightly um, longer. Um, <laughs> three that else. I really want no. <laughs> Three I really want no part of are Green Bay, Seattle, and Indianapolis this week. Um, only yeah. slightly less undesirable are Chicago, New England, Washington, Arizona, Jacksonville, Carolina, Houston, Minnesota, Philadelphia, and Dallas. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we agree there's some higher scoring games and, and some lopsided ones coming down. I definitely agree with the, the Colts and Seahawks, Packers, the Texans. Falcons, Eagles, Chiefs, Commanders, the Saints, the Vikings, and uh, the Patriots. I know my bottom 10. Actually, it may have been 11, but close enough. Okay. I have 13 teams in my uh, 10 to avoid. Well, we almost got to 10. <laughs> I tend not to gave you guys one to grow on. <laughs> no, three to grow it's, on. It's fine. We both, we both just use numbers for our day job all day, every day. Yeah. That's why I slack off a little bit after hours <laughs> doing something like this. Yeah, counting who needs it. Yeah. Who needs it? It's fine. How about a few numbers as in scores for this week? How do you feel about that? Um, sure, let's do it. Uh, Thursday night game. Um, this is probably in the middle of the matchups that we've seen. Probably not the best matchup. Probably not the worst matchup, but Somewhat interesting, and uh, Jacksonville on the road against the Jets. Uh, Jacksonville, a little bit more momentum recently. They've been playing better than the Jets, and um, Trevor Lawrence all of a sudden looking a lot more like he was worthy of the first pick last season. Uh, I still think the Jets are going to find a way in the cold and at home to get um, the victory here. Zonovan Knight, uh, I'm on the, the... Night train here. I'll go with uh, the Jets by field goal, twenty-seven, twenty-four. The midnight train to New York, not to Georgia. Um, I I went back and forth on this a lot, and what really it came down to was I don't trust Zach Wilson as a quarterback. Prove me wrong, Zach Wilson. That would be great. It's a Thursday night game. Anything can happen. I tell you that every week for like ten years. Um, but I I've got Jacksonville edging this one out twenty three twenty. This is a game my brother's going to, so he's gonna go freeze his butt off to see this. Why? I don't know. But, and in New uh, yeah, yeah, not not ideal. <laughs> it's gonna be cold. It's it's I'm sure gonna be a weird game because it is Thursday, and these teams we've seen be really really good and really really bad all within a span of a few weeks. So flip the coin. I I think maybe the Jaguars will be. The last one had the ball, and they'll win this game. Tell your brother to run out on the field and wave so we'll recognize him. There you go. I think he might be in a box. I want to say that's the only reason he's going in this, because, like, realistically, oh. why would you? <laughs> well, if you ran around the field wearing a box, then you'd look even... That would be interesting. Player, but... 
Put him on the list. As long as you don't get tackled by Bobby Wagner, you're okay. Yeah, that doesn't look like a good time. It looks like zero fun had by that guy. (laughs) No. All right, so moving on to Saturday games, as you mentioned, uh, the bulk of the games on Saturday this week, uh, but not uh, Jeff Saturday's game. Uh, Not Jeff Saturday. Saturday. No, he had his chance last Saturday and blew it. Maybe Saturdays are a day of rest when you're a Saturday. Maybe that's how it's supposed to be. I suppose. Yeah. Um, He's probably not going to get another chance to play on a Saturday, would be my guess. uh, No, no, I don't think so. Um, Chicago hosting Buffalo. Of course, these two teams used to cold weather, but I don't necessarily think that that makes for uh, a scintillating fantasy performance. I think uh, Buffalo will do okay. Chicago left, though. I'll go with the final score here, the Josh Allen's 28 and the Justin Fields 20. I'm I'm taking Buffalo to win, but I'm taking them in 14 to 10. I really think the weather is going to be a major factor in this. I mean, it, it's it got to be miserable playing at Soldier Field in December to begin with, but then it's going to be windy and it's going to be snowing the whole day and it's going to be literally below freezing. Um, I just think they're going to have a tough time moving the ball. It's hard for a receiver to catch. It's hard to get any footing. So I think the Bears stay in this mostly because Justin Fields can run an awful lot. Seems very comfortable doing that. And I don't think there's going to be a whole lot that can be done through the air here. So Buffalo will win a closer one. I would take whatever the under is, take the under this week. Okay. Uh, We've got uh, Baltimore hosting Atlanta in another cold Weather City game on Saturday, and yes. um, I'm not as optimistic about as you are about uh, Baltimore's prospects. I know Atlanta's defense not the greatest, but Baltimore, Lamar Jackson hasn't played in weeks, and Tyler Huntley hasn't exactly lit the world on fire from a passing standpoint when he's played. So I think Baltimore wins this, but it's on the strength of the ground game, not their quarterback throwing the ball. So I'll go with. Uh, Baltimore by a touchdown in a relatively low-scoring game here. Baltimore 24, Atlanta 17. I think Baltimore winning 28-17, and granted, I think at least seven of those points are coming from the defense. Uh, so they're they're going to have to be a factor here. I don't think Justin uh, Tucker is going to be missing field goals this week. I don't think he's really going to have to kick any either, but he's not going to have two misses like last week. So put him in your lineup and breathe a sigh of relief. But like you said, it's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable, and neither neither of these teams are 100% healthy. I mean, it, it's not going to be the most well played football you've ever seen. But I am higher on the Ravens, so I've got them winning by by 11, 28, 17. So there you have it. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got Cincinnati at New England. I don't think New England will be lateraling the ball at the end of the half again. But, I suspect uh, not. Who knows? I'm, I can just imagine. Wouldn't that, that be something, though, if they did? <laughs> what if he decided to end every game with a lateral, like a multilateral play that just became what did? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time imagining him being okay Even with if that, you're up by, yeah. like, three scores, get a multilateral going for the last possession. <laughs> just to annoy Belichick, yeah. See how long you stick on the team after that. So yeah, um, they're yeah. hosting Cincinnati this week, and Bengals, if you recall, got off to a pretty rough start this season, but they've definitely righted the ship to the point where they're back in first place in the AFC North. I think they're on a roll. Um, 
you know, Joe Burrow seems to you know, be playing just well enough to uh, eke out uh, wins week after week. And I think the same thing will be the case here in New England's defense. They've got a pretty uh, good pass rush, but uh, I think the Bengals can um, figure out a way to work that. I'll say Cincinnati 28, uh, Patriots 21. I've got Cincinnati winning 30-20. to 20. Um, Clearly, it's an issue not having an offensive coordinator, like a real one. They might want to think about doing that at some point. And while the defense is good and they're at home and you've got home field and all that, it's not good enough to stop the Bengals. They're going to slow them down. I think this Bengals team could put up more points, but I think New England will at least knock them down a little bit. This isn't going to feel competitive, though. Like This 10-point win is going to feel like a mile by the time this game's over. They just, these are teams in two very different places. Next up, we've got the Detroit traveling to Carolina in a game where hopefully the weather won't be as much of a factor, but uh, both of these teams uh, started off the year looking like they were going to be picking in the top five, um, even without the Rams pick in Detroit's case. But uh, it's, um, the, the Lions are somehow still in the playoff hunt. Uh, Carolina, I guess, they're still only a game behind um Tampa Bay at this point somehow, as is the rest of the division. So, yeah, in theory, both of these teams have something to play for. I just think Detroit has shown me a little bit more the last few weeks. Um, so I think they're the better of the two mediocre teams here. But uh, just the fact that we're both, I'm calling both of them mediocre is a big improvement over what or how I would have described them a couple months True. ago. But anyway, yeah, dumpster fire I mean, would probably be uh, – more like it for would have been, would teams, have been but, an uh, insult to both dumpsters and fires. <laughs> probably. At least you would have stayed warm. But uh, anyway, uh, I'll go with Detroit by a field goal here, 27-24. See, I'm higher on the fighting motor city Dan Campbell's. I mean, this this nut job, and I mean that in the most most loving way, has somehow convinced this team that they – they can't lose, that they win games. And here we are. They're still winning. Um, Carolina and the fighting P.J. Walkers, great effort, loving it. Unfortunately, they've they've had a lot of bad luck and a lot of injuries. I think Detroit's going to come in, even on the road. I think they win win big 28-20. And, you know, the, the Detroit defense has actually gotten a little better. They don't give up, you know, 35 points every game now. So they win a few. And we overlook the most important aspect of this game. What is that? It's a blue ball. Oh, yeah. Where is blue? Blue's, blue is too busy for us. Um, he's, yeah, he's still trying to set off the... the uh, actively, actively trying to break in and out of your home today. at the same time. <laughs> we definitely broke out of the home while the thing was being installed, but I just chased him into it. Little stream <laughs> separates our property from the of neighbors. Course, of course, he would go directly into a freezing stream. That sounds like blue. Yeah. <laughs> well, if the alarm starts going no. off, we know he'll have been successful, much like the lions. <laughs> yeah. I had a chip implanted in him a while back. I can only imagine, uh, you know, if I ever have to well, do it, that, where I might find him. But hopefully, it's. Uh, doesn't happen, at least not in cold weather. Probably so, what gave them the anyway, superpowers. It's, 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 it's not thwarting the chip. Um, so, 
Next, back to football here. Uh, next up, we've got Houston at Tennessee, another game that's supposed to be affected by cold weather. But uh, Houston definitely uh, looking better the last couple weeks against Kansas City and Dallas. But um, I think uh, um, Tennessee will you know, right their ship, so to speak, uh, this week. And uh, I'll go with uh, Tennessee by a touchdown here. I'll say Derrick Henry leads the um, Titans to a 27-20 victory. I'm actually taking Houston. I'm taking Davis Mills to get another win this year. 24-21, I think he can steal one. Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill can't run around. I mean, he, he could barely actually walk off the field earlier. So I'm thinking it might slow him down a little bit. I think the cold, like you said, is going to be a factor. And Houston, without Damian Pierce, they have to throw the ball, and they got to throw it all day long, and eventually one or two of those are going to work out, and I think it'll be just enough. All right. Um, next, we've got uh, Cleveland hosting another cold-weather game against the Saints, who, as we all know, play their uh, home games in a controlled indoor yeah. dome. Uh, I think that works to Cleveland's advantage. Yeah, the victory against Baltimore was pretty ugly, and uh, this could be another ugly game, but I think they're uh, put a few more points on the board. I don't know. Uh, you may have been right about Deshaun Watson. Uh, just it's not being uh, uh, a year where you'd want him on your team. Um, yeah. So I'll go with uh, Cleveland to win this by a field goal 24-21. Hopefully Nick Chubb's healthy enough to play because if he does, I think he has a nice game here. Hopefully he is. I mean, I did actively choose to not have an, a single quarterback for eight weeks and put Deshaun Watson on my team. Not that he could have played in those eight weeks, but, I mean, I really wasn't excited about him. I don't think that they're going to be able to steal one here this week, despite being uh, at home and a little more acclimated and a little healthier. I think New Orleans is going to they're, – they're going to do just enough. Every time it looks like Andy Dalton's down and out, he's like, hold my beer, guys. I've got another couple of wins in me. And I think we're right about at that point. I don't know if Jawan Johnson's going to catch two two touchdowns, but someone's going to because I think they're going to win 20 to 16. So they got to get at least in the end zone twice. Um, I don't think it's going to be very pretty. I don't think this is one you got to stop everything and watch. But I think New Orleans will sort of steal a victory here. Could be six field goals in the safety. There you go. Call Justin Tucker. Let him kick in that game. Yeah, or uh, the, the Colts kicker. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, Giants, go. my Giants at Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota definitely flying high. I know you're going to pick them. I'm going to be a bit of a homer here. But the one thing I like about the Giants right now is that uh, their pass rush seems to be much improved the last couple of weeks. And, yeah, if Kirk Cousins has enough time to throw to Justin Jefferson, I think they'll throw, they'll pick the, Giants defense apart, but um, this here is uh, a bet that the um, Giants are going to be able to get enough pressure that that won't happen. I'll go here with the final score of uh, Giants 27, Minnesota 24. I actually am right there with you. I have the Giants winning 27-23. So uh, in watching the game on, on what, Sunday night where it felt like Kayvon Thibodeau and a couple of other guys were literally just in the backfield, almost lined up as a running back for the the commanders as often as they were back there. I don't think they're going to have any problem repeating that. Minnesota is not a good team. 
I just don't know how many times I have to tell everyone this. They don't beat good teams all into something good happening to them without anything they've done precipitating that. So the collapse really was more an Indianapolis problem than it was a, a Minnesota victory. Either way, I think the Giants, they have, they have Saquon Barkley so they can match the run game. Daniel Jones is having a nice year. He's got one or two still alive receivers, and I think Darius Slayton's going to get a lot of work, and they're going to be able to to outman this Vikings team even in Minnesota inside a dome. So um, hopefully you haven't looked at this lately, but just take a wild guess. If you had to guess uh, how many more points the Vikings have scored than they've given up this year, given that the record is 11-3, and what would your guess be? Six. Actually, two, but yeah, you were really? in the ballpark there. I, I felt like I mean, one was going to be too low, so I went a higher. No, they've, they've scored 351 yeah. points and given up 349. Of course, when you get blown out yeah, by 37 right. points or whatever that was by the Cowboys, that yeah. obviously contributes yeah. a lot to that. But uh, yeah, they're. Um, it does skew it a little bit. Yeah, the other teams with similar records uh, have much more favorable net points. Uh, and they do. For instance, the 49ers are 10 and 4, and they have a net, um, they're net positive 128 points. Um, so, yeah, the, wow. the, the, uh, the uh, Vikings have been winning a lot of close games. But then again, you have the Titans are 7 and 7, and they're a lot net uh, minus 38 points. So, who knows? Uh, yeah, but still, like, to have 11 wins, you should be winning by more than that. Yeah, you would think. So, I mean, they've won no, a lot of one Nothing about this Minnesota team. Kind of their, yeah, they've won all of, all but one of their victories, I think, have been once per games. Yeah. I think they've won 10 or 11. Yeah, I forget what the exact yeah. number is, but it's, it's a high number. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, we've got uh, Kansas City hosting <clears> Seattle, <throat> I guess. Uh, good for Kansas City that at least it'll be a little warmer since it's an early afternoon game, but it's still going to be pretty darn cold there. Uh, still, I think they're used to playing in that weather. Seattle, not so much. So I give Kansas City a decided um, advantage just based on the weather, let alone the fact that they're a much better team. So I'm going to predict uh, Kansas City 31, Seattle 20. I've got Kansas City winning 30-23, to 23, so a little closer, mostly because their their defense is prone to giving up a lot of pass yards. And if Geno Smith can get some time to throw and, you know, actually get someone downfield, there's a chance that they can stick around and be a part of this. But it's hard to to have a balanced attack when your run game is like half a person all put together of health. So I think it's going to be a tougher day. If their running back situation was a little more stable, I might hang around. But this Kansas City team is just—it's just a different level. They know how to win. The Seattle team is still kind of figuring that out. I wonder if DK Metcalf has ever had a calf injury. You know, I think he has. I think he has once or twice. But I mean, he's he hasn't had one yet. I, the, I foresee one in the future. The, taking the cart to go use the restroom is more his speed right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Forgotten about that. <laughs> that that so, uh, Washington at San Francisco <laughs> in their late game, at least Washington won't have to contend with uh, 
you know, freezing cold. Um, but yeah, they do have to contend with the 49ers defense, and I think that's ultimately going to be their undoing. Uh, San Francisco, Brock Purdy doing just enough. Of course, when you have Christian McCaffrey as your uh, um, star yeah. back there, you don't have to do as much as a quarterback. But I think uh, he'll, McCaffrey will lead the 49ers to a victory here pretty convincingly. I'll say uh, 49ers 28, Washington 17. And if Jalen Hurts is injured, um, depending on how quickly he heals, and given how inconsistent Dallas has been the last few weeks, I really think uh, even in spite of losing Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo and being down to their third quarterback, I think right now you could argue that uh, San Francisco might be the Super Bowl favorite for the um, NFC right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I see nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. I mean, you don't have to be an elite quarterback. You just have to be a guy who can hand the ball off and like not throw a, a duck every time someone's near you. Um, but Brock Purdy, he, he can run this offense. It is serviceable. And props to them for signing John, Josh Johnson to come in and help him learn the offense because he was already familiar with it. Like, they gave him all the tools in, that he needed, and he's successful. There's a method to the madness. I, maybe just madness to the method, but it's working. And even even as a Taylor Heineke homer, I'm picking San Francisco to win this a closer score, 24-23. But um, the defense is, is the difference here because the Washington offense can score. The defense can hang around, but they're not on the same level as the San Francisco defense. I just, I'd be shocked to see Washington pull up an upset here. Uh, Philadelphia at Dallas, um, obviously the Jalen Hurts injury is going to get all the pregame <clears throat> attention. And I think the Eagles have yeah. gone from being a one-and-a-half-point favorite to a six-point underdog just with Hurts out, um, presumably. But it says he might play. You know, I would bet against it. But I think Philadelphia, they're a well-rounded team. I think they're going to rise to the occasion here. I'm sorry, but I think they are going to upset your uh, Cowboys channel. I'll go with a final score mm-hmm. of uh, Eagles 28, Dallas 27. So, obviously, um, I'm pretty torn about this game, but uh, maybe hoping it goes yeah. this way. I'm I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I know we're not surprised by that. Um, I have it at very close, 30-28. to 28. I think this is going to be a bit of a dogfight, and I think the Dallas defense is going to have to be a very large part of the reason they win this game. Um, it's going to – Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew is going to need to do something. Someone's got to put the ball on the ground, and the Cowboys are going to have to make some chances for themselves because – you can't count on Dak Prescott to be the one doing it. So I'd much prefer to rely on Micah Parsons and the boys and Tony Pollard and see how the rest of it all shakes out. So I think the Cowboys can steal one here 30-28. Uh, this Saturday night game, we've got uh, Las Vegas at Pittsburgh. This would have been a great matchup in the mid-1970s, but we're in the mid Yeah, yeah, not really sure what on paper even week one made them be like, yeah, this is definitely prime time. <laughs> yeah, I'm disappointed they couldn't have flexed uh, this game out. I guess they can only do that on Sunday night games. But anyway, uh, mm. obviously, guess, you know, the yeah. Raiders more to play for than the Steelers at this point in the season, although, um, much, uh, although not too much. I, I still... Don't think this is going to work out for uh, Josh McDaniel and the Raiders uh, this week or this season. I think Pittsburgh is going to regroup uh, tough and um, take the victory here. I'll go with uh, Pittsburgh 24, uh, Vegas 21. 
opposite score here. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking Vegas 24, Pittsburgh 21. Um, Kenny Pickett, a much better a much better team with him than it is with Mitchell Trubisky. And I just I just think that Vegas they've gotten healthier. They kind of have something to prove. I don't think this will be an easy task by any stretch of the imagination. But I think they'll do just enough to overcome this Steelers defense, and and maybe it's a very last-second field goal, and the crowd goes wild. Well, probably not because they're in Pittsburgh, but someone somewhere will be going wild. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine trying to kick a field goal in that weather too? That must be oh, like kicking. I was a actually at a couple of years ago. I was at a Raven Steelers game on Christmas night, and I can't tell you how cold and windy it was. It must be so miserable trying to kick in that in that kind of atmosphere. It just seemed like the worst. Yeah. Still cold from that. Uh, now <laughs> uh, moving to warmer weather climates on the Sunday games. Uh, at least that's one thing the Sunday games have going for them. Yeah, uh, the other the Not much else. Uh, Green Bay at Miami uh, just. just doesn't seem like a fair fight. Okay, yeah, Green Bay no. put away the Rams, but you know, the Rams are probably two steps up from uh, a top college team this year. I'll go with uh, the Dolphins to win this pretty convincingly at home. I'll say uh, Miami 34, Green Bay 24. I went Miami 31, Green Bay 21, so we're pretty much right in the same line there. Uh, it would be nice to see Tua kind of get back on track, maybe uh, get to a second or third read successfully. He's he's going to need to do a little more than he has the last few weeks, but I don't think that'll be an issue. I think that this Green Bay team is not on the level of this Miami team, and it's going to show. Uh, now they're also down another receiver in Sammy Watkins, who's now a Baltimore Raven. So they're they're running out of a lot of things in Green Bay. Sunday uh, late game, we've got uh, Denver – at the Rams, and probably the less mm-hmm. said about this game, the better. But I'm not as yeah. down on Cam Akers as you are. Um, Denver's defense is tough, but uh, I think Baker Mayfield is going to do just enough here to get his second uh, win as a Ram. I'll go with the Rams 24 over Denver 21. I've got the Rams winning 19 to 14. <laughs> it's always a strange score, but I think we can we can get there. I think that. <laughs> the Rams, the Rams, like you said, can do just enough. I think Baker Mayfield, while he probably still doesn't really know any of the plays, it's fine. I mean, he doesn't even wear a wristband because why bother looking at plays? You don't even know what they are. He's out there winging it, and it works. I, I just, I don't think there's going to be as much offense, which is my my beef more with Cam Akers than anything else. But uh, somehow, some way, they're going to get some points, and quite frankly, I think at least six of those are going to be compliments to Russell Wilson. So I, I don't think Russell's ready for prime time. I don't think anyone's ready for this to be a prime time game, but we're all going to watch it anyway, and we're going to get a nineteen to four score. <laughs> he looks pretty cocked at this point. He um, does. He does. I think he's he's well past Sunday nightcap. He's cooked. Uh, Oh, Tampa Bay it just at Arizona. Just keeps better. <laughs> yeah, um, the Arizona a lot more with uh, with Colt McCoy a quarterback than uh, Trace McSorley, but uh, may not have the choice there. Uh, Tom Brady, I think, you know, is 
as bad as, as that team is, and you convinced me not to pick them last week, uh, I've got to take them yeah. this week just because I think he gives them too much of an edge at quarterback, uh, and they have more offensive weapons at this point. I'll go uh, with Tampa Bay 28 over Arizona 24. Now, they are getting Tristan Wirth back, allegedly. And really, that, that'll come down to game time. But it looks like they are. So I think they will look a little more functional. However, I don't think they're going to look functional enough. I still am pretty sure Tom Brady actually hates all of his teammates. Uh, and Trace McSorley, granted, he's he's a third, fourth-string guy. He at least knows the offense has been hanging around there for a while. And he's a pretty decent little quarterback. I think that the Ohio given yeah, but I mean, I, he's got better in him. I think the O-line will give him a little time to get something going. I think that Arizona is going to win 24-14. I know it sounds like a lot, but again, it's more that I don't trust or respect Tom Brady and this Buccaneers team. I would rather start Trace McSorley than Tom Brady. I really would. I don't think he's going to win this game. Uh-oh. I would not, but we'll see. I would. Uh, feel free to remind me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure you will. Uh, and then the Monday night game, uh, the aforementioned Jeff Saturday is uh, hosting the, the uh, playoff-bound uh, Chargers. I think both yeah. teams will continue trending in their current directions, which is to say Los Angeles will, the Chargers will win this game pretty easily. I'll say a final score of 30-17 Chargers. Um, I went with 28-17, so, again, we're we're kind of right in the same vein. Uh, there was very little redeeming about the second half of that Colts game. I Show me something functional and something that looks like real football being played, and maybe I'll get excited about it, but hard to think anything half, other scored than one offensive health. touchdown. They had two defensive touchdowns yeah. and five field goals. I mean, sure, you, you have to have some offense to, you know, get close enough to have five field goals, but, again, you know, the Vikings gifted them two possessions. They left a lot of points on the field. The 30 left a lot game. of points. Yeah, it wasn't. It was not a pretty football game at any point in time. <laughs> um, and before we get into our daily fantasy picks to round out the show, it is the gift giving season. Whatever you celebrate, we'd love to give you a gift or a lump of coal. So. I think we both have a couple of players, maybe organizations, uh, that are going to end up on our nice list, our gift list, and then there are some maybe that are going to end up on the naughty coal list. Where do you want to start, the good list or the bad list? <laughs> um, let's just start at running back and do both uh, our lists. All right. Who's on your uh, um, gift list or your, your good my- list? My gift list at running back is one Tony Pollard, who we got way more than we deserved to out of him. Christian McCaffrey, more more so Christian McCaffrey's trade, but Christian McCaffrey is also going to end up on the list because if he didn't get out of Carolina, this wouldn't have happened. He's now in a place where he can thrive and really be utilized. And, you know, that really helped my fantasy team. So excited about that one. What about you? Um, the two that I had on my gift list, uh, both guys that I'll be starting on that Jonathan Taylor list team this week were, um, in spite of my saying I don't want to start him, were Ramondre Stevenson <laughs> and Donovan Knight. You know, both yeah, of those guys have so uh, done very well by me and I'm sure a lot of other fantasy owners, uh, especially the second mm-hmm. half of the season. 
How about yeah. your call about, list? Uh, uh, for running backs, uh, uh, this almost isn't fair because they're both uh, injury-related, but Jonathan Taylor, consensus number yeah. one pick in a lot of drafts this year, that was a major disappointment. He had never missed a game because of injuries since high school. Well, right. this season has uh, definitely uh, not worked out that way for him. And then uh, I'll also throw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, on the uh, yeah. lump of coal list because he's somebody that you know, people figured was the Chiefs' high-octane offense that he would you know, just in his third season get better just by, um, you know, just by being around right. for that long there, but uh, hasn't happened. No, no, he was on my. He's on mine as well. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I had him on a couple of teams, and like, what a disappointment that ended up being. And now the injury. It just. Oh, is bad all the way around. And I have the Seahawks running back by committee on my list. Just the whole <laughs> lump sum of them, all 28. I don't like figuring out who's going to play more snaps this week or who sprained their ankle that week or lost a contact. The whole thing, whichever one I guess, it's never right. I'm tired of being burned by it. Just figure one of them out. One, even two, I could be fine with two, but four is too many. Yeah, for Sean Penny, we're healthy. He's obviously a real high. Right. You know, that would have been great. Guy, but but now we're, just now we're trying healthy. to figure out if DJ Dallas forgot his contacts today or not. Like, this is where we're at in the world. <laughs> yeah, I find it amusing that the two guys named Dallas, uh, you know, know. DJ Dallas and Dallas Goddard <laughs> also, you know, don't, neither one of them plays for Dallas. But. No, and they really cause me a lot of agitas <laughs> in spite of that. All right. Um, oh. How about wide receivers uh, who would who major gift list? Um, you know, I have to say, believe it or not, uh, Darius Slayton from the Giants, someone who I would have never in a million years thought would end up on the gift list. Out of that whole muddled mess of Giants receivers, I think he came out kind of the most functional out of the bunch and actually provided some value. And I was really shocked by that. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones also on my gift list. And that's more like a product of the second half of the season. But he was a return guy who was maybe going to get a couple of passes thrown his way. But all of a sudden, he started finding the end zone. He's getting some looks. He's a real sleeper, you know, bottom of your, your bench you throw in when you need him on a bye week guy. That's actually turned out to be all right. Oh, somebody I forgot to put on the gift list uh, for a lot of people would be Jamal Williams for running back. Yes, yes. Scored a yes. lot of touchdowns this year. Sure did. It's a good one. Um, good yeah, any other wide receivers on your list? No, no. I mean, I'm I'm mostly disappointed with the Cowboys receivers, honestly. <laughs> you, could al- you could almost put uh, Darius Slayton's teammate Isaiah Hodgins on the list. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy yeah. that they literally signed off of the Expected street. Expected nothing of. And yeah. Pretty good. I mean, um, I guess the flip side of that is Kenny Galladay probably deserves a big lump of coal, but uh, oh, yeah. I didn't even put him yep. on my list. Uh Cooper Cup um, mm-hmm. made my list. You know, he was certainly good while he played, but you know, losing him yeah. midway through the season, uh, I think, uh, killed a lot of fantasy teams. And the only saving grace mm-hmm. for me to feel good about Jonathan Taylor taking him with the first pick is if I hadn't taken him, I probably would have picked Cooper Cup first. But 
Either way, I would have wound up uh, minus a key player in the playoffs then. But Cooper Cup and the other one that I'll say, he's been healthy most of the season, but uh, Deontay Johnson gets – do you know how many receiving touchdowns Deontay Johnson scored this season? Zero. Uh, You would be correct. Zero. Like, what on earth happened? He's got 700 and some odd receiving yards and zero touchdowns. So, you know, oh. obviously touchdowns are kind of random and Pittsburgh's offense is not a good offense. Right. But still, you know, if you're going to be a fantasy asset, you know, if you're going to stay off my coal list, you've got to score at some point. Yeah. You know, I would also he has throw... as many touchdowns beyond... as Keenan Cole this season. <laughs> Which is not great. No offense to Keenan Cole, no. but... <laughs> I think you might also have to throw DeAndre Hopkins on the on the coal list because clearly he didn't play part of the season. Some of that is his own doing. And then when he did come back, granted there's a lot of turmoil in Arizona to begin with, but it's not like he just stepped right up and became DeAndre Hopkins again. No, that's true. I thought he would, and he, he most certainly did. I thought so, too. You're well-rested, but nope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Quarterback. Some disappointments uh, out there. Quarterbacks who's on well, your uh, gift list. Gift list, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's on. Yes, yeah, obviously, always on the gift list. But Brock Purdy's on the gift list. One helped win me two fantasy matchups last week. But just Brock Purdy as a whole, the story was great. The fact that he came in and he was good. He's got his parents crying in the stands. It was a nice feel-good story. And then he actually added some fantasy value at the same time. You can't get enough of that. Uh, Geno Smith also a great gift. I mean, he's lasted the whole season still being productive. I don't think any of us saw that coming. We saw none of this coming, but we didn't expect it to last. Um, and, I mean, I guess in a way, also Daniel Jones. He did a lot more than I expected of him this season. I mean, Giants were ready to just get him the hell out of town. He still doesn't have a new deal. They don't even know if they want him to be the quarterback, but he just keeps coming out and trucking and, and winning games. Yeah, if I had to guess, because the two guys that seem like they're most likely to get the franchise tag for the Giants would either be Daniel Jones or uh, Saquon Barkley. If I had to guess at this point, my money would be on Daniel Jones. Yeah. We'll see. I think think they'd be okay with losing Saquon and picking a running back in the second or third round. Well, as a Cowboys fan, I'd happily take your leftovers of either one. That's fine. <laughs> oh. yeah. you, Could you imagine if they had Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and Saquon Barkley all in the same backfield? That's a running back by committee problem I'd like else. to have. The, yeah. the, the Shanahanigans and the Pete Carrolligans, like, I don't want any part of that. Those yeah. guys aren't fun. But okay. Saquon is a three-headed monster. Um, That's not a bad idea. Anyway, I digress. So quarter, <laughs> quarterback-wise, um, I'll go with a couple of obvious ones and then uh, add another less obvious one. Uh, Jalen Hurts, yeah, people thought he was going to be good this year, but I don't think anybody thought he would be playing no, at an no MVP level. Of course, now that he's hurt, he's not going to be anybody's MVP for the next couple of weeks, at least fantasy-wise, so that's <laughs> disappointing. Uh, Joe Burrow. Um, just yeah. seems to keep getting better and better even after a rough start. He was, and, you know, all their receivers getting hurt. He somehow held things together and has them in first place in that division. Um, from a purely fantasy yeah. standpoint, you already touched on Geno Smith, and 
one more name that I'll throw on the list is uh, Jared Goff, who most people yeah. have uh, written off at the beginning of the yeah. season, but is, yeah. uh, you know, along with Detroit, uh, sort of turned his uh, fortunes around in a good way and uh, had a nice season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good ad. Good ad with Jared Goff. Because really, we all had just put him put him out to pasture when the season started. And look where the, the fighting motor city today and Campbell's are today. And Taylor Heineke probably deserves some mention there, too. I mean, not as much yeah. as Jared Goff, but he's certainly helped to grow. Um, I think the flip, the flip side of that quarterback room probably deserves to be on our coal list in Carson Wentz. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we all thought we all thought we were going to get some good things. The first three weeks, statistically, is top of the world. And then it's just like the wheels came off immediately. Your coach is talking shit on you. All of a sudden you break your, your hands. They can go on IR and get the hell away from everything. And now you're healthy and they still don't want you to start and they're paying you a gazillion dollars. That's not good. Nothing about it is good. Actually, let me throw one more list on the name on the good list, and you're not oh, yeah. probably going to be happy about this, but I'll put Kirk Cousins mm. on the list because oh, every year no. you know, he's kind of middle of the pack, <laughs> mediocre you know, in fantasy drafts. He's, you, know, like the, you, know, you know, you can certainly get him as the last starting quarterback, you know, and usually uh, still there when the reserves start getting picked. But uh, every year, and a lot of it, again, is due to Justin Jefferson, no doubt, but uh, – and Adam Thielen and all, but uh, he's, you know, always a productive fantasy quarterback, so I'll, I'll put him on my list and you don't have to agree with that. Uh, I begrudgingly will let you put him on the list. I'd be more than happy to give him a okay. call, but um, a couple other names to add right. on the call list. Some more quarterback would, call would we got. Certainly be Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, yeah. Tom Brady. Some veteran quarterbacks that are acting very unveteranly. Uh, Russell Wilson looks like he has forgotten how to play football. Tom Brady just looks like he doesn't know how to play well with others. And Matt Ryan just looks like he got off at the wrong exit. And oh my God, now he's an NFL quarterback. Like there were these. These are very, very highly regarded, very good players coming into this season, and now it's like, oh my God, what has happened? I'll throw a couple other names onto the list too. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray both yeah. big disappointments this year. Mm-hmm. So, not good. Uh, not shall good we at all. Move on to tight end, and then we'll get to some DFS. Sure. Um, what, who do you have on your good list? Um, one obvious one, and one not as obvious one. But go with Ooh. the obvious one, Travis Kelsey. You know, how yeah. can you, you know, not like a guy that's just as good as he is uh, year after year after year? Um, he's really, you know, putting up wide receiver production from the tight end spot. So, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to him for being able to do that year after year and uh, doesn't show any signs of slowing down anytime soon. And uh, a little bit of a you know, self-interest pick here, but uh, I'll put uh, – uh, Chigozu Maconquo on the list too is somebody who's uh, come surprise. out of almost nowhere to uh, have yeah. a nice uh, last couple weeks of the season and along with some other uh, rookie tight ends uh, um, Blake Lively and uh, um, 
uh, Greg Dulcich and Kate Otten and um, yeah. um, Trey McBride. There, there's definitely uh, some uh, new lights at the tight end position this season, Daniel Bellinger. So lots of uh, unsung uh, tight ends, and we'll see who steps up uh, next year. Here's hoping. Um, one name I would add to that list would be TJ Hawkinson who we knew was very good in Detroit. I was very worried about what would happen when he got traded to Minnesota. I thought that maybe he would just end up being a blocking tight end, but he he slid right on in there and kept putting up numbers. So more power to him for trading teams. Nope, I hate Kirk Cousins. I thought he was going to ruin TJ Hawkinson. I was very mad about it when it happened. Now I'm just like medium about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so you can be a happy medium, but uh, um, <laughs> tight ends that I am disappointed in this season. A couple names for you: um, Mark Andrews and George Kittle, both uh, you know, consensus top yeah. three, top five, if not top three, tight ends last couple seasons, and you know some big games here and there, but uh, certainly not uh, justifying the lofty draft uh, position from my perspective. I would I would also throw, as much as it pains us to do it, Mike Gusecki probably deserves to be on the cold list this year because where he finished last year, he started this year, he was a much bigger part of the, the receiving core in this offense. And granted, now you have Tyree Kill there, and that's really more of the issue, not that Gusecki has regressed as a player. He just has less chances. But you drafted him thinking maybe he was going to have a little more productivity than he does, and he's not even like a must-start most weeks now. So that was a bummer. He's not even starting for them or playing most of the snaps yeah. at tight end for them it's, now. It's, he's been overtaken there by uh, Durham Smythe. So, you know, yeah. I don't know. Which is also still not great. I mean, Mike Gusecki and uh, also um, – uh, well, so I think there was another type, Foster Moreau, I think. You know, both of those oh, yeah. new homes this off season. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants signed one of them, but uh, we'll see. I also thought the Colts as a whole would do a better job of using tight ends. Like, it's something that Matt Ryan did his whole career. They had a couple of, like, big guys, and it just never really clicked. Like, Matt Ryan never really got a rapport with any of them. I was disappointed in that. I I thought maybe we'd get something good out of that, but – We've got nothing good out of it. Yeah. So that's uh, my general uh, gifts and uh, call list. I didn't uh, certainly, have any coaches or. Well, I would, sure, but I would put you on my gift list, not my call list, just for the record. And you tell Blue he's oh. on the gift list, not the call list, even though he's on everyone else's call list. Well, in German, <laughs> gift means poison, so uh, that might be appropriate for him. <laughs> <laughs> Blue is still rampaging out somewhere in your house. <laughs> Probably. But Probably disabled we do... the motion detectors. Oh, God. <laughs> You've somehow gone from being a safer house to an unsafe house just in the, in an hour and a half, I'm sure. Yeah. There will That's be smart homes are not so smart homes. <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house, and it's Blue. <laughs> Before we let you guys go, a couple of daily fantasy value picks for you because your team might not be in the playoffs or maybe you just need a little something-something because you know it's not going to be your week or 
just a little side side hustle here. We've got you covered. You know who to spend big ticket money on. This is how you can afford to do it. So that's your weekly disclaimer. Okay. Quarterback-wise, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, and Jared Goff, we all just explained the virtues of. Um, the price you're going to pay versus the output you're going to get, those three are no-brainers. At running back, Jarek McKinnon, who just came out of nowhere yesterday, last week, and decided he wanted to be a bigger part of this offense. DeAndre Swift, Devin Singletary, Chuba Hubbard. We talked about him being a good waiver wire pick as well. At wide receiver, Darius Slayton, Richie John- James, whoever at all. Those are really only two options in, in uh, Giants land, but go with them. K.J. Osborne, definitely more again. Had a good week last week, going to again this week. Marquise Godwin and D.J. Chark, all good options for you. At tight end, I'm going to take just both sides of the same game. Dalton Schultz and Dallas Goddard. Not entirely... 100% sure how healthy Dallas Goddard's going to be, but I am 100% sure he's going to be out there the whole game. So the price is right on those two. And defensive-wise, the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Saints are all going to get you a good bang for your buck. We want to hear from you guys. Tell us who's on your, your naughty and nice list, your gifts and your coals for your fantasy season. You can find us all over social media uh, on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, on Twitter at the number 4 T H I N. T-H-N inches show. <laughs> you can email us at the number four T-H-N inches show at gmail.com. We'll be back with you next week at our normal time, Wednesday from nine to from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. And in the meantime, enjoy your holidays, whatever you're celebrating. Good luck to your teams, unless, of course, you're playing us. <laughs>